What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. We are back for another 16 episodes. Thank you, Spotify and Anchor. And I wanted to discuss all the fucked up things I've seen happening for New Year's. I mean, people are in Mexico. People are in Miami. I've seen circuit parties left and right. So I came across a hot doctor on Instagram. His name is Dr. Greg Kaysan. And I was like, hmm, do you want to come talk shit with me? And he said, I would love nothing more. So, Dr. Greg, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for talking shit. I always appreciate that. <laughs> we didn't get there yet. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll just uh, hold off. We're about to talk shit. Okay. So, why don't I start with, like, what did you do for New Year's? Uh, I stayed home. I, I stayed home. I had, uh, actually, a neighbor made lasagna and brought over a plate. I heated it up. Um did some Zoom calls with friends and yeah, watched a rerun and went to bed. Sounds romantic. It was it was <laughs> perfect. It was absolutely perfect. So I saw one of your Instagram videos and was talking about, I guess would you say you psychoanalyze why gays might be traveling right now? Is that what we would call this? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was psychoanalyzing necessarily. I just talked about some of the reasons that people might be going down to Mexico right now. Because what we're seeing is this flood of people going down there and posting these uh, rather risque photos, things they might usually do on Instagram because they're seeking likes and validation. But they're doing it just the same, if not and it stands out much more because we're in a pandemic. So they're as if they're neglecting everything that's going on. So I wanted to talk about reasons they would overcome logic and reason and go down there. So before we dive into this, what is, for everyone listening, what is your credibility? Uh, I'm a psychologist. I went to school, University of Houston, PhD. I went to uh, University of Texas at Austin for my internship. UCLA was my postdoctoral fellowship. I've taught several places, um, most recently UCLA. I'm now in the, I was in the uh, infectious disease and then I was over and um, came over to cognitive behavioral, which is a type of therapy I do. And I uh, also teach on main campus UCLA's hospital to in the medical residency. You've really made the rounds. I have made the rounds. Wow. I'm like, okay. So we have somebody on that's very credible who is going to give us some answers as to why these people are, I guess, acting the way they're acting. So, I mean, let me be honest with you. Yeah. I contemplated going to Mexico because I figured the group chat was going to Mexico. And I was like, okay, like this sounds like a chill vacation, right? Like New York is cold as fuck. And I'm fine. I'm personally fine with traveling, right? Traveling, I personally feel, is not the problem. It's what you're doing when you're traveling. And for me, it seems like all these people are going to party or go to places that, like, are open, right? So New York is closed. LA is closed. There's only so much you can do. So everyone's getting to this point where they're like, you know what? If I can't do it in my home city fuck it, I'm going to fly to a place that allows me to act a fool, right? Mm -hmm. So as much as like, let's sit here and say like, Dr. Fauci says like, stop the parties, blah, 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 whatever, like, 
you're watching people die. Some of these people are like nurses, right? So they're hands-on watching this. Like at this point, is there like a mental illness involved with people being like, you know what, let's go to Mexico because I want to be in a circuit party and be shirtless and make out with guys? Huh. Uh, that's a kind of a loaded question. So <laughs> there, are, I think this process is largely led by people with mental illnesses. If you really want to get technical about it, people who have maybe narcissistic personality disorders, sociopathic or psycho, uh, what we call antisocial personality disorder, um, people who have difficulty managing their emotions um, and people who uh, basically eschew any kind of authority they're gonna, they might be leading a lot of this. And I think a lot of it goes beyond our community right up into the very top, of course, the president. Um, kind of modeling, basically, don't listen to my own experts, do what you want. Um, yeah. So I did my own, my own dissertation research looked at the effect of uh, attitude change and what kinds of things need to happen. And I actually uncovered that the leader is you know, the leader of the organization is the most important person to affect attitude change. And you expand that to someone like the president or a governor or some other kind of uh, figure in the community, could be top gay people, party promoters, um, people who have large Instagram followings, etc. When they do things that kind of flout public health guidelines, other people follow along. And those yeah. people that follow along don't necessarily have any kind of mental illness, but um, but they definitely are going along for the ride. So they're pretty much the majority, the followers, but the leaders are really the ones who probably need to be taken to task. But I do think, like, let's be honest, the only thing I will give them is I get this year has been extremely tough, right? Yeah. And if somebody has built their living off of events, and whatever else it's like i get you want to have an event because this is how you've made your money for however many years and the sad part is is they're just i wonder if they're even going to the event you know what i mean like they could still be scared themselves but they're like you know what fuck it i know i could throw a good party if these people want to be stupid enough to come that's on them you know what i mean like at this point it's been almost a year now that Everybody knows the calculated risks, right? Everybody knows someone that's gotten it. I'm sure most people know someone that may have died, friend of a friend, a grandma, something like that. So you know the risk going to one of these things. So it's just crazy to me to see people not only going, but posting that they're there, you know? Yeah, and in fact, I think that's the, the more uh, troublesome thing. Um, the people who post, it's one thing to go, that shows sort of a callous disregard for, if not your own safety, then other people in your sphere's safety and the people of Mexico as well. Um, we completely treat the people of Mexico when we're talking about having this discussion as if there's some kind of prop that somehow it matters that they're taking, taking the uh, disease back to the United States but they're also bringing it into Mexico and they're also oh, yeah. doing things in Mexico that's going to cause their system to be more stressed. They were already, Puerto Vallarta is already stressed when this party happened. It was already at the brink. So 
I think we need to look at that kind of callous disregard. But then when you post it on social media, it really does take it to a different level. And it does show, number one, they don't care as much. But number two, that they are looking for something that may reflect either their own insecurity or just their own narcissism. Primarily, probably it's their own insecurity. And I even had a friend who said, because who, who has a big Instagram following, and he said, um, what uh he said what if, what if your job is to post and i'm like you don't have to post in mexico <laughs> I, I don't get how if your job is to post then post <laughs> you know yeah. stay in your living room, get on your rooftop there are a million things to do and yeah it's we're all in this together and if we just joined hands and got in this together it would be so much easier but unfortunately we have many people especially leaders in our community people with big instagram followers who are doing something completely different and sort of, they're sort of like the popular girls who are um, everyone else is looking up to. So it's, yeah. it gets rather problematic. But if you think of like, when you post on your story or on your feed, right? Uh -huh. I, for me, I don't want to say like I'm posting for validation, but you're posting something because you're like, oh, I look hot in this. I'm doing something that looks fun. Or you post yourself at a concert, you know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, I wish I was there, right? Like, that's why people are posting. So these people are posting that they're at a party or they're on the beach or they're at the circuit party, whatever it might be. And I don't know, like, are people actually messaging these people being like, oh, my God, looks so fun. Like, wish Look I out. was there. Oh, and I've seen those, no doubt. And there, I've actually seen those accounts and people will say, you look so hot, you look so great. Oh my God, fire, fire, fire. Oh, but um, but the thing is, it's sort of, I, it's kind of like when someone takes a dog into a restaurant, the majority of the people there get very annoyed that that dog is in the restaurant, but they don't say anything to the person. But the person who owns the dog says, everybody loved it because the person next to me asked me its name and was petting it, etc. So people who have a negative view of things typically don't weigh in. It's pretty rare, believe it or not, even though the internet has some really nasty people on it and they'll mm -hmm. leave nasty comments they do in my Instagram feed. But it, typically people who have something negative to say don't say anything at all. So I, I don't know that they're getting accurate feedback, honestly. So you think everybody who's acting a fool, if you will, is getting gassed up right now? Uh, I think that they're. I think they're getting a large portion of that. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think that you know they get all the likes. You see a shirtless photo, and I'm I'm scrolling through my feed, and I'm like, 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 like. And then I realize, oh shoot, I just like something of, of a beach where there was a group. Now I have to go back and unlike it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's because I know how it goes. You're just kind of scrolling through, and you're just, you know, giving everybody high fives as you go through. Doesn't matter yeah. what it is. And then all of a sudden, you realize, wait a minute, I'm reinforcing a behavior that's actually problematic. So it's, it's just a simple reinforcement of behavior and people collect likes. I mean, it's really rather interesting how important it is in some people's lives. I mean, listen, I'm going to say I'm very grateful of what social media has like given to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm 28. I got a master's in social media. Like wow. I was the first graduating class to like get a master's in social media. So like, I feel like I've really created a whole thing with social media so like grateful for that part but i think it's 
everybody on social media uses their voice for different things, right? And I think right now is people should be using their voice to be like, you know what, like there's a vaccine, like literally just like be chill for probably two more months and we're going to be like, okay, you know what I mean? But I will say as a travel blogger, if you want to call it that, I've traveled throughout this pandemic all the time. I've been on planes. I've been in Puerto Rico. I've gone to resorts, but I've gone for like photo shoots, right? So it's pretty much equivalent to anybody else going to work nine to five, except I'm going to this hotel to take pictures for their website that I'm like literally just there to take pictures. And then I go in the hotel room and I'm sleeping by 10 PM, you know, like we're not on grinder. We're not doing all this. And I think that's, that's the issue I currently have is the, I don't know. And I just have, I have close friends who are there and I'm like, they're all flying back right now. And I'm like, bitch, I'm not seeing you right now. <laughs> I actually think that's wise, wise of you. And it might be good to even, I just did a post this morning about how to talk to somebody who's coming back from Mexico. Um, Cause I think our urge is going to be, or a lot of people's urge is going to be to shame them, to say how terrible they are to have gone, et cetera, et cetera. And if you want to change behavior, that probably isn't the way to go. Now, I think people that I'll hold out a different category with that. The people who are public figures who thrive on media attention or that kind of attention, it might be important to call those people out um, because of the behavior, because they're doing something very, uh, very, very bad, which is modeling uh a bad behavior, uh, a behavior that's destructive, not only to themselves, others, but society at large. But in general, if you have a friend, um, I actually advise having a more compassionate approach and saying what's right for you. Like, look, dude, I don't think it's good for us to see each other right now until you've, you know, quarantined for five to 10 days and got tested. Um, you know, would you be willing to do that? yes or no, if they say no, you're just being paranoid, then I would, I would just back off until this pandemic is over. Well, yeah, but the crazy thing is, is a lot of these people are probably going back to work, you know, like the people, I know we both discussed that account gaze over COVID or whatever it's called, but there's like nurses on there who, you know, they're not getting 14 days off to just like not work. You know what I mean? Like they're going to come back from this trip and go right back into a hospital or wherever they might work. And I mean, that's, that goes past even nurses though. You know what I mean? Like there's people who work in offices currently that are all about to go back and I'm sure they all lied where they were going to their bosses, you know? Undoubtedly. Or, you know, I think what I'm running into a lot is sort of a self-righteousness about doing things. You know, I can do what I want. I'm in charge of my life, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's especially problematic for medical professionals. Um, I work over at UCLA. It's, I won't say it's like a fortress, but the security to go in, you have to take a survey every day. They um, do clearance, you know, I mean, it's, it's a high, high stakes thing to walk into the hospital. Um, is there opportunity to lie though? Yeah, of course there is. You can lie on a survey. Because yeah. on New Year's Eve, this is the funniest thing. I had to laugh. I hadn't had symptoms. But New Year's morning, 
guess what? I had a headache. What do you think? So I had some champagne. I had a headache on uh, New Year's morning and I had, you know, they want you to take the survey every single day. So I took the survey, it said I had a headache and it said I was not cleared to come in. And I was like, oh, interesting. So that's going to cause people to, um, to not be truthful all the time if they want to go into work. Um, so that's I mean, different times, even the gym. I've come back from wherever I was and I, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but I was just like, okay, like I got a negative test. Like I'm not waiting another seven days to go to the gym when I'm, you know, like it's, you're just signing a piece of paper, which to be honest is meaningless because you could get it at the gym. You could get it at the grocery store. Like you don't know where you're going to get this thing, you know? That's right. So I don't know. I mean, I think from what we're seeing, right, everybody is posting what they want to post and everyone is sharing their reactions, which I personally feel like everyone's entitled to, right? People are going to be annoyed. People are going to be upset. People are going to say, wow, you look so hot in a speedo, but then you get to let's call it this like cancel culture or like bashing of people being like, they should lose their job. Things like that. Like, do you think that this cancel culture we created over social media is healthy? No. Uh, in a word, no. I think it's not only not healthy, it's destructive. The reason we would want to have, we, we, we want to give people feedback so that they change behavior. Canceling somebody, which boggles the mind. People will go, let's all get gang up against somebody before there's even been a trial, whatever. Let's gang up against that person and destroy them as much as possible. Um, it doesn't work to change their behavior. All they're going to do is either become extremely depressed or go into hiding or, um, you know, suicidal, whatever. I think what we need to do is really take a very different approach. And that's, that's the toughest thing about this. Um, I think we need to be a little bit compassionate as much as I look down upon, um, and I, I have to admit, I'm, a, I'm as judgmental as the next guy. Um, not when I'm working. I really try to suspend that as much as possible. But, I, you know, in my real life, I look at Instagram and I think, what the, you know, what the fuck are these people thinking? <laughs> you know? And then I, you know, and I, but it's the, I know so many people, who doctors who are so stressed, nurses, people who are getting sick, people who are dying, families who are grieving. When you see a family grieving and crying, it changes you. Yeah. And it's disturbing how these people, people can be so callous, but yet they are. And, you know, this is nothing new. By the way, this is nothing new. I, uh, I went through the AIDS crisis. Um, I was 18 when, or 17, when it was first announced what AIDS was. I lived in a suburb of Los Angeles. This was ground zero. I went to UCLA as an undergrad. I would visit friends in the hospital with my backpack between classes who were in the AIDS wards. Um, It was a terrifying time. Um, And one thing, and that's why I went into psychology, and that's why in psychology I was studying, I wanted to go into infectious disease and work in that area. You know, since we've made huge strides, so now it's a different disease than it was at that time. I lost half of my friends by the time I was 30. 
But we saw during that same time, the same group of people. We saw them going to parties, having reckless sex, saying that the uh, treatments for AIDS were um, like the government funded ways to try to kill us, like people are saying about the vaccines. I mean, just kind of crazy stuff that you hear now, but just with a different disease overlay. So it's like basically mirroring back and forth like 40 years later, essentially, it seems like. Really sadly. And you know what was so horrible back then is that the general public didn't care. They didn't do things to try to jump in and help the gay community. It was only select people. It was And it was like the lesbian community who weren't affected who were helping. And of course, gay men, there were, there were gay men who were really caring. And then there were the ones who were just you know, kind of just turn their backs on the whole thing. But the, the reality is back then we were mad at the government and everyone else for not jumping in and doing something. And now, you know, I would hope our communities learned a lesson after that trauma, but maybe it's too far. Maybe the people who are in Mexico weren't really touched by HIV or AIDS. So I don't know what to say, but we've all gone through this in the past and it's, it's a tough road. So the people who I guess are sitting home right now, right? And they're they're annoyed or they're they're the ones just upset sharing whatever posts. I mean, we could go back to Gaze Over COVID, who I mean, they their following has grown immensely from basically bashing people and being upset over others. Like, do you think people have a right to be upset over their friends' actions or, you know, share their thoughts on social media despite their number of followers? We all have a right to our feelings yeah. uh, and we all have a right to our own beliefs and judgments, but it, do we, it doesn't make, I think we need to focus on the facts, um, which until recently has been indisputable. Um, but I think w- that what you're talking about, why people, people love stuff like that where they put people on display who are doing bad things. It's it's something called schadenfreude that the Germans identified, which is taking pleasure in other people's pain. Mm. And even I have to say, I experienced it when I saw that boat capsized or, or sinking in Puerto Vallarta <laughs> with all the party boys in the water um, and all bouncing around in their lifeboats. The best comment I saw in the comment section of YouTube says, it's okay, they're all on prep. okay fine (laughs) i saw this one i saw this one there was so many funny memes but there was one that was like oh it's the modern day boston g party i'm like oh my god (laughs) exactly yeah that's funny the g party yeah because you never you got a whole ocean probably is getting high after that but the uh, the poor fish (laughs) (laughs) gosh because they eat it too Mm. but uh Yeah, I mean, I I felt that. But the reality is, you know, that's satisfying because it's sort of a natural thing we have inside of us. So we look at a behavior and we go, oh, I won't do that. Yeah, that person is doing something that um, that looks bad. I won't do that. So it kind of separates you from the behavior. But it doesn't mean you still don't want to approach those people with compassion when they come back, which I think is going to be the hardest task for people. Um, it's going to be the hardest task for me to be able to say, Hey, you know, what was that about? What were you thinking? You know, um, well, now the, I mean, someone's coming back with COVID, you know, easily someone, yeah. A whole bunch of people, uh, you know, and then 
you know, I talked to two people um, who've already said one went to the e two went to the ER. They had things that they had to go to the ER for, and both got prioritized down and were there eight or more hours because the COVID patients took precedence and they had to take them in. Um, I think that, you know, we look at the hospitals in Los Angeles and, you know, I, a rough estimate, I'm going to be guessing, but a rough estimate is about 50% of patients. So it might be some, it's more in some hospitals, less than others. Um, the COVID is taking over right now and why people would do stuff to try to make it worse. I don't know, but you talk to an individual and they're always going to say, I'm not, I can't do it. I'm not sick. I was careful. Um, even though they're in pictures maskless with a group of 20 people, yeah. um, you know, they'll, they'll always have a justification. So it's hard to break through. So it's good to one, to talk about your own self and two, to just ask some questions to try to till the soil so you can plant the seed for a new behavior. Well, these people are obviously going because we've all been deprived, whether that's partying or like sexually i mean everyone's got all the feels right now that are not being met right but i mean like is there is there a safe way to hook up with somebody right now you know my favorite favorite thing we're such a prudy society here it's <laughs> wonder no it's true it's no wonder that we that we have these little explosions of hedonism everywhere. Um, Why can't we just allow our society to just, you know, be what it is, which are sexual beings. Um, And by the way, I miss those things too. I miss parties. I miss friends. I miss going out. I miss movies. I miss everything. It's a bummer, but you know, it's interesting that some people say, well, that's justification. It's, then it's justification for every living being in the planet. (laughs) Yeah. All dealing with it. But um, but you were talking about um, the sexual. Canada came out with a guideline. Well, I think their health department came out with a guideline that was wonderful. They basically said, you know, if you're going to have sex or you're going to hook up, there are safer ways to do it. And this is the harm reduction model, which really is important to look at. The harm reduction model says, you know, if you can't abstain, which is not realistic for a lot of people or even most, it's to say, here are some safer ways of doing it. They were advising having sex with masks on. They were, <laughs> they were advising glory holes, you know, use of dildos, camming. All these kinks were suddenly being advised by a health department, which is amazing. Um, and I, I wish our government I mean, uh, that's one of many things I wish they could step up. (laughs) But that it would be amazing if they said, look, it's a human, it's a human need. It's a desire. We hear you guys, you know, here are some ways to do it. Wouldn't it be amazing if New York City had like a, a safe glory hole situation set up or plexiglass or something like that? I, I know that sounds like something you usually find on in an adult bookstore or something, Yeah, but why, you know, it just af- actually boggles the mind. We have a real need for this. So no wonder people are popping like pimples and going out and par- partying. Everyone is like fiending. I mean, I'll obviously still, you know, pull up grinder. You get the messages. There's obviously some that are like, damn, like if this was like any different time, I'd say come over. But like, I can't just like, for me personally, I can't fathom having some random person spit in my mouth right now. <laughs> No, it might be fun in the moment, but then it's like the old days of HIV. You worry for two, three weeks. 
later. Yeah, and I would just be sitting and I'm like, it's really not worth it. Plus, like, let's be real, this person's never going to talk to me again anyways. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> what's the point at that? I, I don't know, even know. My my worry would be mixing up hand sanitizer in the lube. Oh, you know, that's fair. Similar. <laughs> I have the bottles right next to each other. <laughs> well, Dr. Greg, I'll end on this note, but what advice would you give to people who, I mean, they're sick of sitting home, they're reaching their breaking point. Like what, what would you advise them to do? Yeah, that's really tough. One is, I, you know, from the beginning, we needed to do things. If I do it really quickly to say that we know from previous pandemic uh, quarantines that people who stay home and get quarantined about, uh, I think about a quarter of the people develop PTSD and a quarter develop major depression. It's a very big thing. The, the, the major problem is inconsistent messaging from the top. We got lots of that. So people are gonna be suffering at significant levels, not just antsy to get out, but they're suffering at home. So one thing to do is to start to structure your life and to look at, I'm gonna say, look at three different areas right now to help increase and help yourself feel better in this moment as we get through things. One is um, to work on any kind of achievement, any kind of things you can do. Even if it's one thing a day, do one thing a day, like make the bed or uh, clean something or take a walk, do something like that. Something that's an achievement for you, walk to the mailbox. There are many things you can do that actually have an achievement or it can be something work related, et cetera. The next is to do something pleasurable every day. That's to look at what that is. Some people might be video games. It's very easy. For me, I really do like to get outside. So I, I do that, you know, every day. You no see your what. walks, baby. There you go. <laughs> and the next one, the third is social. Social is the hardest one of all because we're having tr trouble getting together, but there are safe ways to get together. It isn't an either or proposition. And anybody that says that, like says you can't get together at all is is wrong. If they're just very fearful, then so be it. I'm, I'm cool with that. I admire those people. They're cool. But if they, but if you do want to get together, you can get together with wearing masks or you can get together sitting outside and sitting apart and even taking your mask off and be rather safe. Yeah. Um, there are safe ways to do these things. So I think we need to try to get each of those three needs met every day. And that will certainly help as we get through it. And as you said, it's only a few more months we're going to get through this. We can hold on tight. This is like a war effort. You know, we, we've got to band together as a country, as a people, and as gay men. We've got to really hold hands to try to get through this and not try to put our own personal um, needs ahead of what society needs right now. I <laughs> I hear you. Somebody actually messaged me today and they were like, do you think we'll be able to have like a world pride this year? And I was like, nobody is going to want to be coming to this country anytime soon. <laughs> like, Oh, it's so true. I, you know, I have patients in um, who are in other countries who are foreign nationals who've traveled back home and they're telling me that other countries are looking so dimly upon us by the way we've handled the pandemic. It's been truly unfortunate, but it's up to us. If our leaders can't pull it together, then we need to which we live in bubbles. So to be honest with you, there's only so much we are going to do because the rest of America is, I'm not going to say America is like too far gone, but this country 
is too far gone. It is everywhere. There's no stopping it. Like if you don't want to get it, you literally need to just stay home. Like if you go to the gym, there's a calculated risk. You walk outside, who the fuck knows? You know what I mean? Like, it's like everything's a calculated risk. But at the end of the day, I think your mental well-being trumps anything else. You know what I mean? Like, if you need to just, like, mentally go for that walk, like, I think that's worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or have a night with, uh, you know, porn and dildo and just make a, and a glass of wine. I mean, that's, you know, make a night of it. There's, there are so many things you can do to just have some pleasure on your own. Listen, I'm going to go to a sex shop actually right now because I like <laughs> every like new year. I like to like retreat myself. You know what I mean? Like those ones from last year, it was like, it was great. It was fun. And now we're going to go find like new, new props, you know? Perfect. So yeah. it's just spice it up. <laughs> so maybe maybe on my only fans i'll put up a story and be like which ones should i buy <laughs> excellent excellent but like nobody will see that because i don't trust these people <laughs> <laughs> well ultimately it's a very personal choice <laughs> yeah i mean i'll see what i find and some things will work great and some things won't you know yeah that is true that is true for all things but especially sex toys <laughs> well, Dr. Greg, this has been great. Very fun. Well, thank um, you. Send me any hot pictures of you that you got. <laughs> thank I'll you. I'll be sure to spam them on all accounts tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. 